Hello and welcome to Basel Tov, the courage and creativity of ADHD. I'm Jen. I'm Ellen. And I'm Annette. And we're here with more ADHD goodness for you today. But before we get on to what we are going to talk about today, I just want to interrupt a little and ask Annette, where is Annette today? Yeah, so I came back from Mississippi. I'm back in Japan and now I'm on tour. So I'm in Tochigi Prefecture in the city of Utsunomiya, which is famous for uh, dumplings. And uh, yes, yes. And yesterday I had a show in Takasaki. Today is my day off. Tomorrow I'll have a show in Utsunomiya. So just on the road. On the road. For somebody like me, it seems fabulous. And for Annette, it is just everyday life. Yeah, yep, I feel like I work. haven't been home much recently. So. Speaking uh, of homes, though. Oh, yes, our topic. Big, our topic for the day <laughs> is how clean is your home right now? Uh, yeah, it could be better. Comfortable silence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a hotel. I have no idea how clean my house is right now. Yeah, you're but my hotel like- room's nice. Good, good. <laughs> so, from so Annette won't know this question, but on a level, the on a, a scale of zero being there are fillet of fishes under your couch to <laughs> ten, which is <laughs> like you could eat off the floor. How clean is your house today, Ellen? <laughs> well, my my parents actually visited last week. They helped me with a lot of tidying up and getting rid of just clutter so Mm. i feel like right now i'm at about like a five probably like it needs some deep cleaning but Mm -hmm. clutter wise doing better than usual that's awesome and my house is it's a little bit cluttered anyway because we recently moved so there's still boxes here and there that have to be unpacked that are most they're out in the garage really but um you know, we at least have that level of organization where it's not just boxes in any old given space. But, um, you know, I just recently got out of the hospital because we had avian flu really bad in my house and I got it the worst and wound up in the hospital for a few days for some serious intensive care. So my level of clean is not where I usually like it to be. It's probably, to be honest, like a three or four right now because I just for weeks and weeks have been sick and not felt up to it. But why are we even asking this? Um, What does that have to do with ADHD? And the answer lies in um, cognitive, your your cognitive, uh, what the heck is the name of it? I'm going to forget it. Executive function. There we go. Executive function. Um, which apparently mine's not doing so great at the moment, but Annette, what is executive function? (laughs) Okay. So executive function is basically, uh, self-regulation skills and mental processes that, you know, help you to plan and focus your attention, remember instructions and, uh, do multitasking. And so people with ADHD tend to have a lot of, um, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh they have a problem with uh less executive functioning uh skills i want to say deficit that's what i wanted to say they have a a deficit in executive functioning 
And so what happens is, is uh, neurotypical people will be like, oh, I need to do the dishes. And they'll stand up and they'll go to the sink and, you know, start washing dishes. But with mm -hmm. uh, people with ADHD, what tends to happen is they will have that thought, but the push to get up, the push to move to do the next task is not there. And so you end up, you know that you have to do it, but the ability to actually move yourself to do it is, uh, there's a deficit there. And so this is a uh, theme that I see a lot on the ADHD women, the women ADHD uh, subreddit. And uh, a lot of a lot of women with ADHD are like, well, I'm having trouble. My house is a mess and I just don't know where to start and I don't know how to do this. And I, you know, normal people can just do it. And how, why can't I just clean? And so this is a, mm -hmm. this is an issue that a lot of uh, women with ADHD suffer from. So uh, how about you guys? Yeah, I can completely relate to that, of that feeling of knowing that you need to do something and it's really important, but your brain just won't let you do it. Uh, it's like, yeah. you know, you feel kind of trapped in a way. So it's very yeah. frustrating. Yeah, trapped is a really, really good way of describing that feeling. It's almost like, like if I sat on the couch and I was like, I really have to do the dishes just in my, in my own head, I would feel like frustration instantly because I know I'm supposed to get up. I know that like, I, I know that I need to go do it, but the follow through does not follow through. <laughs> so yes. I just sit on the couch and I just sit there thinking about it until I get distracted by my kids or whatever. And, and you know, then it's, <clears throat> then it's a moot point because I've gotten down a rabbit hole and I've forgotten anyway, but, um, it, yeah, it's a huge problem, but I think it's also a bigger problem for women because, uh, how, of how society places such a huge burden on women to be the caretakers of their household, to be the ones who do the dishes, the laundry, the little tiny mindless cleaning tasks, like taking a toothbrush to, you know, any molding in your house or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, the light switches and all of this. Did I mean, did you guys know that you're supposed to clean your light switches like at least every few months? Wow. I did not know that. Don't do I don't think I've yeah. ever cleaned my light switches. Nope. Right. And this is something I know because earlier on, you know, years back before coronavirus, um, I had my own house cleaning business and I would clean other people's houses for money when I couldn't even clean my own. And the money was really the motivator. <laughs> like, <Right>. yeah, <laughs> external motivation. Yes. External motivation for the win. I get paid to do it. So I'm going to do it like a pro. And I did it like a pro. And I had tons of clients who loved my work because I was very thorough and I was able to offer them you know, a decent deal on a super deep house cleaning when their house could have started off looking like a bomb went off in it. Um, and, you know, I just go up there, no judgment, because when you're being hired to clean, clean somebody's house, those who have been in the profession for a while understand that you're most likely going to be dealing with people who are extremely busy and they're out of their house a lot, or they have some kind of disability. 
And that was the case with almost every single one of my clients is that they had some form of disability and possibly multiple disabilities. So their barrier to having a clean house was so much higher than everybody else's that, you know, it, if, you, if you look at it, it's kind of unfair to expect them to have a clean, tidy house. So is it fair to us, people with ADHD, to, you know, bully ourselves into thinking that our houses should be spotless at all times? Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I, I, I've been following this woman on, um, TikTok named Casey Davis, and she actually just started a podcast too called struggle care. And what I love about her is that she takes the morality out of cleaning. You know, she's like cleaning. These are just cleaning tasks are morally neutral. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. If you have a messy house or you're a good person, if your house is clean, you know, like just forget all that. And she, I, I think she does kind of focus on ADHD in her um, videos a lot, but um, she talks about having, you know, adaptive imperfection. Like your house might not ever look perfect, but there's ways yeah. that you can kind of adapt to that. You know, maybe you're not folding all your laundry, but maybe you've got, you know, open bins that you can just pull your clothes from instead. Something easy like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That, oh, that she's got all kinds of good life stuff. changing. Just pull it from a bin. What? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That so would she, drive me nuts. Oh, see, I love it. I have, you know, if you looked in my closet, you would just see stacks of t shirts because I'm not going to hang them up. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> no. For yeah. me, everything yeah. has to be put away, nothing out. If there's clutter, it just, it, it makes me, my brain so unorganized and I can't focus ah. and I can't get anything done. I'm not good with clutter. I'm not good with mess. It's like mm. to the point of almost OCD. Uh, oh. So, yeah. and, uh, so that's, that's your experience. in OCD for superpowers. No, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> but Wait, it doesn't work that way? No. <laughs> well, it sounds exhausting. Well, yeah, and you know, where a lot of ADA, women with ADHD and men with ADHD, not, let's not just, you know, let's just not yeah. talk about the ladies. With any person with ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, they, many of them tend to have this disorganized and, uh, you know, not really good at cleaning issue. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, and I've mentioned before, I'm very high functioning with ADHD and I'm not medicated. But from the time I was a child, I had to have everything organized to be able to function, like to be able to do the things that I needed to do. And I learned a lot of this from my father, because my father, as I've also said, he also has ADHD. And my dad had lists everywhere and things had to be in a certain way or it would mentally throw him off. And so that's the same with me. If it's not in a certain way, it throws me off. And so I'm very good at keeping my clothes put away, my area clean, my bag goes in the same place all the time so I know exactly where it is. My keys get hung up in front of the front door and I need it that way. 
because otherwise mm-hmm. I will never know where the hell my keys are. And mm-hmm. I just need that. I need that, that, uh, uniformity in my life to keep me balanced. Yeah, otherwise you've got, like, systems, you've got systems yeah. in place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'm just a mess. Yeah. And so even, yeah. you know, I'm Makes on the sense. road right now. All of my suitcases, everything in my suitcases, if I showed you, if I pulled out and showed a picture, everything has a place. It's very organized. And the reason for that is I need to be pull out things quickly and I need to put things, pack things quickly because I'm moving from one hotel to the next. I can't be forgetting chargers. I can't be forgetting uh, clothing. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I, I there's too much going on. And so I have this system and it's a very organized. And if I don't keep to that. That's where the problems start. Yeah. And that I've heard that from others, from other ADHD people in general, it might be, you know, men, women who, you know, doesn't matter. I've heard that from other people that, you know, you have to have the same thing in the same place all the time. And that's exactly how I am. So like, I do have some, you know, internal systems at work here to help me cope with it. So I always put my keys in the same pocket in my purse. I always, you know, put my purse in the same two spots in the house. Um, Whenever I have a water bottle, it always gets put in one of like three areas. It's never just in a random spot because I'll lose track of it and I could walk right past it and not even see it. Um, Ellen, do you, do you feel like you have any weird internal systems like that or? Yeah, there's, I was thinking, you know, I am in general, not a very organized person. I have a high tolerance for clutter. Um, But yeah, I think just out of survival, you know, I I do put my purse in the same spot every day. I keep my keys in the same pocket in my purse all the time. And, but um, I still lose my phone, you know, 10 times a day, (laughs) because I'm just constantly (laughs) setting it down. Where was the last place you you found it in the freezer? Oh, I put my iPad in the freezer or in the fridge a couple days ago. Yeah. (laughs) No, my phone. Oh, the story that Annette's thinking of, I accidentally threw my phone in the recycling bin along with my junk mail and didn't realize that for about an hour. Yeah, that was fun. Dang it. Good thing you realized it, though. I did eventually. Yep. You just have to retrace your steps. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I told Ellen she needs to take pictures of all the locations and turn it into a coffee table book. We should post them on the website. <laughs> like, start posting like wherever Ellen finds her phone or keys. Or oh, I've, I've left it on. The worst is when I'm at a grocery store and I set it down on top of like the cream cheese or something and then just oh. walk away. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I almost never do that because I, I always put my phone in my purse in the same spot. But every once in a while, if I take my kids shopping, they'll distract me and I'll put it on something and start walking away. And then one of my kids will be like, Mom, your phone's over here. And I'll be like, oh, shit. Uh, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yep. When there's and just that internal, like, I almost lost a phone and that's <laughs> not cheap. You know, there's some serious consequences that could happen here. Like, you know, maybe identity theft if you keep enough info in your phone. Um, but... Indeed. Tangent. I put my phone in my back pocket, which is a problem when you go to use the toilet sometimes. 
Ooh. Oh, I have I've I went through a phase where I keep my phone in my back pocket and I did have it fall in the toilet once. Yep, it happens. Oh. <laughs> so I can't do that See, anymore. I've never, I've never put my phone in my back pocket for that specific reason because I just knew to begin with that it would happen. I knew it. I yes. That's smart of you. See, mine's mine's fallen in the toilet or next to the toilet. I don't even know how many times. And guess what? It goes right back in the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Some, some of these, you know, coping mechanisms, even if they're ineffective, they die hard. It's true. It seems like you just can't habit. Get a handle Creatures on Creatures of habit. Creatures of habit. Exactly. And especially ADHD people who require habits to keep afloat in their everyday lives. Like we're especially susceptible to this. Um, but, you know, so what we're highlighting cleanliness in homes and stuff and the fact that we lack the ability to just keep it clean a lot of the time and just, you know, we call it adulting, but really what we should be calling it is a task because, you know, a task is a task and you just do it and there shouldn't be that level of judgment there, I think. But there are a lot of us out there and I have personally been there before. I've gotten into like a more depressed kind of state and my house has gotten so bad, like really dirty. And I was a cleaner. Like <laughs> I <laughs> felt like the you know biggest fraud on the face of the earth at some of these points, but it does happen. So today, what, what I want to help you guys with is how do we tame a worst case scenario, like five alarm dumpster fire house? How do we do it? So first of all, get some gasoline, get some matches, burn the shit to the ground and walk (laughs) away. Start over. Just start your life over. Collecting insurance check. (laughs) Yes. No, no insurance fraud. Don't no. Do <laughs> yeah, don't so that's do one it. method. Right. Don't do it. <laughs> no, no. The burn anyway. in walk away method. <laughs> the walk away method. I you do you know, know how many times though? Method. Because I keep my things completely organized, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that everybody else in my house does. And do you yes. know how I could I could I don't think I could count how many times I've just looked at my house and been like I want to burn this shit to the ground and walk away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I it just seems like when a task seems insurmountable. Yeah. Well, because yeah. you can control you to a certain degree, you know, because executive functioning, you know, mm-hmm. luckily I have enough control over my executive function to get things done exactly like right away. Otherwise it's never going to get done. And that's just some uh, skill that I've, I've built up you know, through years of practice, but you can't control anybody else in your house. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. It's and impossible. kids are a nightmare. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And that's a whole nother episode been... right there. <laughs> yeah. Children I've, I've read and, and this will, I guess this will be a, a link for another time in a different episode box, but you know, I've, I've read multiple, Um, articles about how ADHD parents kind of face a certain amount of struggle when they're parenting, not because they're bad parents or because they're ineffective parents, but because of the executive functioning aspect of parenting, uh, where you have to get things done and follow through and have some kind of schedule in your life. And when you have kids who 
don't know how to do any of that because their brains haven't developed. It's even worse. And then factor that factor in the fact that you're probably going to be, you know, taking care of ADHD kids too. So that it's even more chaos. Well, and take this into account because we are talking about cleaning today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have a problem with your executive functioning and getting yourself to clean and you have children, your children are watching you and they're using you as a model. And if you sit there and say you have to clean up your stuff, but you're not consistently cleaning up your stuff, that's just Mm -hmm. showing they're, they're just looking at you like you hypocrite. Like, why don't, why am I? Yeah. Why am I having to, you know, do this when you can't do it? So I don't see the point. And uh, so that's a huge challenge in parenting with regards to cleaning. In general, how do you teach? How do you if you can't do it? How do you teach your kids to do it? I mean, that's that's something that I have really had to face, you know, lately. So my kids are they're 10 and five now. And, you know, like I mentioned, I really struggle with my executive function and getting like task initiation is really hard for me. Um, And I've noticed that my kids are the same way. They don't really want to clean, you know, so I've tried to find ways to make it easier for all of us. Like we usually clean together because I just they won't do it on their own. No amount of motivation will get them to do it. Uh, But. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely just like what you were saying, Annette, like I see them watching me, how I run the house and it's not, not the most organized, you know, it's almost more like reactionary cleaning. Like, okay, it's gotten bad enough. We got to clean this now. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, Well, on here sometimes too, to be honest. On that, one thing that I know, you know, helps is. Mm -hmm. First of all, I mean, if you have a task list or a schedule that kids can keep to and see, that helps. But also just being honest with your kids and saying, look, I know I'm not perfect, but this has mm-hmm. to get done. And mm-hmm. maybe you guys can also help me to do it. Maybe let's do it together. Like Ellen said, you know, like we all have to do this. And it's also a struggle for me. But we need to do this. This is something that has to be done. Yeah. And it's like for, for like for the motive, the motivation aspect is also difficult for us, you know, so I just I try to remind myself, you know, you're you're not cleaning because you're trying to prove that you're a good person. You're cleaning because you deserve to live in a clean house. You deserve a clean space. You know, everyone yeah. functions better in a clean space. So yeah. I try to keep yeah. that mindset and, you know. tell that to the kids too but one thing I try to keep in mind though is that you know they they have a high tolerance for clutter as well just like me and so you know our house might not be the cleanest compared to other people's standards but if we're all you know flourishing in that environment and it's not holding us back you know I'm not going to be super strict with my kids on cleaning their rooms I'm going to say you know, maybe have them do the bare minimum sometimes, but I don't think I would ever force my kids to have a perfectly clean and organized room unless that's something they also want, you know, like I'm just talking like, like the cleaning basics, uh, as far as, well, actually I have a list of sort of the basics, you know, that, um, to, to make a room functional, you know, like let's say your living area 
is just trashed and you feel mm-hmm. completely overwhelmed, you know, you don't even know where to start. Here's five things you can do to make a room functional. Okay, trash. Start with trash. Get a trash bag. Walk around. Pick up all the junk in the room that you see. And then just set that bag down. Laundry. P- find any clothes or shoes lying around. Put those in a pile. Dishes. Walk around. Find the dishes laying around in your living room. Put those in the sink. You can wash them later. Don't even worry about them now. And then things that have a place and things that don't have a place. Like you pick up a random object. Maybe your kid left his Rubik's Cube in the living room. Yeah. You know you yeah. know that goes in their room. So just go throw it back in their room really quick. Or or have a basket where you put toys that need to be put somewhere else, you know, but those five things, trash, laundry, dishes, things that have a place and things that don't have a place. Those are kind of my list that I go through to just tackle a room that is, you know, feels overwhelming. Which is really smart because if you are uh, separating out the tasks that, and you're, you're breaking it down so that people with ADHD, because they have a executive functioning problems, if you're trying to multitask, then you're going to get lost. So if right. you're breaking it down to just yes. doing one thing at one time and you're only focusing on that. So for example, the garbage, you're only focusing on the garbage. You're not looking at the toys. You're not looking at the dishes that helps to get that task done. And then you can move on to the next thing. It only takes a few minutes. It only takes a few minutes to do each one. Yeah. And then when you're done, yeah. if you still have energy, maybe you can dust or, you know, wa- wash the windows, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, yeah. but yeah. And, you know, there are things to consider about quality of your health too in your home, because there are a lot of aspects of cleaning that people don't realize are an issue that, you know, if you've been in a cleaning business, you know certain things are going to be an issue because your oh, clients yeah. will specifically mention them. Like Tell asthma, us some of your for findings. instance, and allergies hmm. with dust and mold and mildew, those things, you know, that have spores or that fly through the air, those are all things that need to be kept under a certain amount of control so that you can just breathe and be healthy. Um, and another aspect that people don't think about of having clean houses is the fact that, and, and or, or apartments, you know, this is clean homes in general, is um, that the dirt, if there, if there's enough buildup of dirt and grime and like hand oils and stuff like that on certain surfaces, like paints and plastics, it will actually corrode it and damage it over time. So you can actually damage your house by having too much layered on dirt and stuff like that. It causes corrosion. So you, it might actually cost you money in the long run in the form of losing a deposit or owing more money than your deposit or, you know, having to replace expensive things inside of your house if you own it. So, um, you know, these are other aspects where, you know, ADHD people might get the secret bill (laughs) that nobody else (laughs) has to endure because of executive functioning. But, you know, this isn't, and this is not to judge anybody who has a dirty home because like, if you have a home that's not clean and you know that it's like flat out dirty, there is a level of shame and guilt associated with that that is overwhelming in its own right. And I've seen it on the faces of people that I've worked for and how, and in their houses, when I clean, they are just like, please don't judge, you know, please please be nice to me about this. And I'm just like, but why, you know, why would I ever be mean to you? I'm here to help you. And, um, 
you know, so, and, and I think the most common, the most common concern of new clients is, I hope you've seen a house that's as dirty as mine. And I think that a lot of people who are listening might be thinking that right now, like my house is probably the dirtiest house there is, but I can guarantee you that it's not because I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen the dirtiest <laughs> houses that there are. And I've had multiple clients, like client after client after client who had multiple disabilities, who maybe couldn't bend, maybe they couldn't reach high because of a back injury, maybe they couldn't scrub because of a back injury, maybe they have autism or ADHD and have very low executive functioning skills and they just can't and they come to a cleaner and they're desperate, like, please help. So what do I mean by a worst case scenario when it comes to your home? Um, I mean, like, there are multiple animals in the home and there are there's excrement on the floor. There might be vomit on the floor. There might be vomit on other surfaces or excrement on other surfaces because somebody got so overwhelmed with the rest of the cleaning that that was just another added layer on. Um, you know, dishes for days, piles of laundry, piles of garbage, overwhelming amounts of recyclables that should just be, you know, you would think that it would just, you know, take them outside, put them in the bin, but it doesn't happen because there are multiple disabilities at play. So I like, I've literally gone into other people's homes and over the course of a, few, a couple of months, helped them completely turn it around to where they were able to use whole sections of their house that they thought were long gone and just, you know, kind of abandoned them. Um, and it always feels really good to do it. But how do you go about doing something like that? So <laughs> the short the the short answer is you're not going to do it overnight. And don't believe that you'll do it overnight because that's setting yourself up for failure. Um, you have to come at it with a mentality of, I'm going to make my house cleaner today than it was yesterday. And if it's any amount cleaner than it was yesterday, that's progress. And that is like a reason to celebrate inside, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back for that. And it's as easy as doing exactly what Ellen was talking about. It's something that I'll do in my own home after I've felt overwhelmed or after I've been sick and not been able to clean is do one task at a time. Look around you. How much garbage is there? Collect it. Pick it all up because that like the garbage is the first thing that's got to go because it's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. You have no desire to keep it in your house anyway, and it'll make the house smell better instantly. So like just not seeing garbage, you will feel so much better <laughs> just with that alone. Just take it to the dumpster or take it to your garbage can outside, collect recyclables, take them outside to the recyclables. Um, if you have that available to you, if not, you know, put it in the dumpster like many people have to do. And um, then you come back in and you take another look around. And you see, okay, pick a room. I suggest picking the rooms that are hardest and longest to clean, which are the kitchen and bathrooms. <laughs> Kitchens and bathrooms are the longest, hardest clean and the messiest clean. So it's the, the one we don't want to do. So doing it first means that it's off of your plate. It's out of your hair. You don't have to do it again for a while. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so look around your kitchen. How many dishes are there? Is that the nightmare that you like? Will you be able to cook dinner tonight if you don't do your dishes? 
okay, so if you if the answer is no, do that first <laughs> so that you can, you know, make food for yourself and save money on ordering out. Um, then you can go around and take a look at what in here does not belong in here. That's another fun one <laughs> where it's like some people will just randomly leave like sweatshirts or sweaters just hung over hung over chairs or on the middle of their island, maybe in unsafe places where they could be burned, um, you know, because <laughs> they just came in and threw it down. Um, so take all of the clothes to the bedrooms that they belong in. If you have children, I highly suggest making a rule of no toys in the kitchen for safety reasons. But if you don't have that rule, collect all the toys, take it to their room, let them deal with it. You know, tell tell them that it's their job to put them away. You've done the nice thing of bringing it to them. Um, I want to I <laughs> state, too, that something that I do in the kitchen is uh, I wash dishes as I'm cooking. That's a great so idea. I clean, oh, I clean. If I'm done with the pan, I rinse out the pan. If I dished up everybody's and then there's already there's some left on the stove, I'll just put it into a Tupperware, wash the pan. Like I get it done right yeah. away. Like, I, you know, and That's then excellent. and then I've, I have everybody in my house. You must rinse you wash your dishes and put it in the dishwasher when you're finished eating. Yeah. And That's I'm excellent. a hard. I'm a Ideal. hard ass about it because I can't, I don't, I don't want dishes sitting in my kitchen overnight. It gets crusty. It's hard to clean. You know, if you mm -hmm. clean it when it's fresh, it's easier to clean. Yes. And uh, it smells yeah. better. You don't get flies. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I do it just as I'm, I'm already in, you know, cooking so mm -hmm. I'm cooking something and then I wash it and, you know, put it, uh, put it away right away. So th yeah. that might help you if you have issues, uh, being able to keep your kitchen, your dishes done. Uh, that's what I do. Hopefully that works for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I can yeah. share something I do because I'm, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I try to be an eco-friendly person, but I will admit that just out of survival, we use paper plates and plastic forks and spoons because I just will yeah. let the dishes pile up for weeks. I just, uh, so that that's my little dirty yeah. secret, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> we do it, it too in our house sometimes. Yeah. We do it. Yeah. We've done yeah. it before. I started it at when my kids were really young because I realized I'm too overwhelmed to do the dishes. So we're just going to do paper plates for a little bit. And <laughs> five years, more than five years later, still doing that. And I'll just, yeah. I'll use real dishes, you know, if I have company or if it's a, you know, a dinner that needs something thicker than a paper plate. But for the mm -hmm. most part, that's just what I do out of survival. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you got to do what works for you? I, uh, I yeah. absolutely hate plastic forks and spoons and paper plates. Mm -hmm. And so I, I refuse to use it. Oh, yeah. See, uh, they don't bother me at all. Yeah. I no. enjoy knowing that I don't have to wash it later. That gives me joy. But I don't have to wash it. <laughs> I only have to wash mine. Yeah. So, Ellen, what you're saying is that you Marie Kondoed washing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It didn't make her happy. They did not give me joy. So, yep. <laughs> well, okay. So now that we know we can Marie Kondo tasks, which is totally valid, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, if you need to hire a cleaner who does your dusting and vacuuming, 
then do it. I mean, if you have the money to do it, then do it. And like, if I you, there's no shame with laundry. No shame. Laundry is another thing that people have the hardest time getting done. Okay. If you are having a problem with your laundry piling up, maybe go through your clothes and get rid of some of them and just try to keep it to what you absolutely need. And then when you take off your clothes, put them right into the washing machine. And then when it's full, you just start it. Yeah. yeah I've also seen laundry services. I know there's a local one in my town, but I think there might be um, some that are like, you know, national companies that will, you can just drop off your laundry or they'll, they'll pick it up from your porch get it all washed and folded, bring it back to you in these big bins. And so, Hey, if Amazing. you can afford it <laughs> and your executive yeah. just, function is not going so great, you know, maybe that's a good option for you. Delegate I don't think that tasks. exists in Japan. I don't think that exists in Japan. Mm, yeah. That's too bad. But, oh, no, but I mean, <laughs> I just, I just put the clothes right in to the washing machine. And then as soon as it's full, as soon as, well, usually it's after the girls have changed out of their pajamas to go to get ready for school. As soon as their pajamas are in, I'm like, boom, and I start it. Oh, my washing machine's not in a good place in my house where that's convenient for me to do that. So we just oh, use bummer. laundry baskets throughout the house. Yeah, mine's in the garage. <laughs> not convenient. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I know. You guys it's have bigger houses too. Yeah. I, I briefly yeah. lived in a house when, when we lived in, when I was married and we lived in Cleveland for one year, we lived in this cool old house that had a laundry chute. And I loved that mm. because it just put all the laundry in one pile and everyone had a laundry chute, you know, on whatever. It was like a three story house. And so oh, it was wow. great. It just put it all in one spot for me, right, right in the basement yeah. by the washer and dryer. In Japan, we have, yeah, in, in Japan, you know, we have, our toilet is, in a totally different room than our bathtubs. And so we have a bathtub shower room and then we have the sink outside of the bathtub shower area. And then next to that is the washing machine. So uh, it's right where your clothes and everything are. And we don't have our clothes in our bedroom. We have oh, really? a closet. Yeah. We have a walk-in closet where everybody has their clothes. And so huh. uh, at least in my house, and so okay. you're already there taking off your clothes. It's just like a pop into the. Oh, uh, that's so easy. Yeah, that is really smart. That's that's good layout. That is. And if you have, if you it's have ADHD good layout friendly. at home, then you know, just amazing for you. I'm so happy for you. We've got halfway decent layout for simply, like, utilization of the space itself but not necessarily for getting chores done. So like, do we have a walk-in closet in the master bedroom? Yeah, we do. Um, but does it have a laundry center right next to it? It sure doesn't. That's literally underneath our feet in the garage. So like we could, I suppose, cut a hole in the floor and just, you know, rig a laundry chute, but I don't feel it's not like a bad it. idea. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could put one in, but, um, you know, some people won't have that luxury because they don't live in a multi-story building or because, or not a multi-story home. They, they might live in an apartment. Maybe it just, you know, isn't laid out very smartly because it's a multifamily unit. Um, and you know, I'm, I've got a lot of experience with that because I've lived in terrible apartments for years, but, um, <laughs> yeah, or maybe some they go to a laundromat. Laundromat. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. I was just going to say. 
yep. laundromat or a laundry facility and they have to wait in line, maybe 10 units share, you know, two washers and dryers. Um, I've seen that too. Um, so what, I guess what everybody has to do is make a list of the things that they struggle with the most and figure out what the reason is behind it. Like, do you live in an apartment complex that literally has two washers and dryers available for um, a huge complex and everybody's waiting in line? Do you have to sometimes drive to a laundromat? Do you have, you know, your bedrooms up on the top floor and your, um, washer and dryer down in the basement and it's just kind of a pain. So, um, you know, look into that. Some homes don't have a dishwasher. Uh, some homes are not, don't still don't have washer and dryer hookups because they have never been updated. Um, so some of these things are going to work against people who have ADHD and who struggle to just do the executive functioning aspect of doing the thing, you know, and then they have the added barrier of, well, I got to drive to the laundromat. It's all those barriers that add up. And then, you know what? I just remembered that same house in Cleveland. That's when we started using paper plates because the dishwasher was this old thing that you had to wheel out. You had to like, it rolled out of its spot. Yeah. You'd have to roll it over to the sink and hook up the water with the the kitchen sink faucet. And so this was like, (sighs) you know, just to do the dishes in the dishwasher was like, this really arduous task and super inconvenient. So that's when I was just like, fuck it. We're just going to do paper plates this year. (laughs) I have a confession. I have a confession to make. I'm that person that washes all the dishes with soap. Like they're all clean. And then I put them in the dishwasher. You know, that's actually not good for new dishwashers anyway. I have a neighbor, an old neighbor, that had her dishwasher stopped working. And the mechanic told her, you know, are you rinsing these like really well? She's like, yeah, I, I, I basically cleaned them and then just put them in here to sanitize them. And he was like, there needs to be a little grime on the dishes for the soap to cling on to and to really work. It was like, oh. but they were already so clean. It was causing issues in her. So I'll never forget that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me crazy. feel better. I don't have that issue. Yeah. That's well, good. That's probably good. cause probably cause I have other people in my house that don't insanely wash their dishes, but. Oh um, good. They're keeping yeah. you balanced. But like w- w- growing up, I didn't have, we didn't have a dishwasher when I was growing up in LA. And so. Oh, uh, so you were just used to washing everything by hand. My parents had three dishwashers, me, my sister, and my brother. there you go and i've lived in multiple rentals that did not have a dishwasher either um so like i'd have to you know get the drying racks and every time you eat you wash the dishes right away because if you if if you have lived in a place where there's no dishwasher you know how easy it is for that to get out of control So you have Mm -hmm. to wash it immediately. And then over the course of having kids, I just completely like get derailed now. So I'm pretty good about washing certain things while I'm cooking and putting them in the dishwasher if, you know, assuming that the dishwasher has been emptied. Um, (laughs) But like, you know, I can clean while I'm cooking, but it's the stuff afterward like when dinner is served and you have to sit down with the kids and have a meal and you know then you eat with your family and there's dishes that get piled up and there's you know 
what was whatever was left in the pot is still there to be taken care of. And sometimes I'll forget to do it because after dinner time, it's, you know, either homework or maybe bath or shower time or whatever. And since I have a six-year-old, sometimes I have to moderate that still. So, um, you know, it, it can be hard for me to do everything afterward. And that's where I usually get dishes that pile up. Yep. I know that struggle for sure. Yeah. After dinner, yeah, I have especially so. if you have kids, there's just so many tasks that need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm lucky because I have, I have a lot of adults in my house. You know, I live with my mother-in-law, my husband, he's actually really good about cooking and cleaning and everything. Um, and then I have, you know, my older kids. And so they do, you know, they're old enough to do everything on their own. And now uh, my twins are eight. And so they've, you know, they now they have the expectation of, okay, you're eight years old now, you know, it's time for you to start rinsing off your dishes and putting them in the dishwasher. And so uh, I'm lucky in that I have a lot of adults and a lot of adult help in my house. So that's probably why I don't struggle with cleaning as much as others. (laughs) I mean, that's, I honestly think that's part of my problem is that, you know, I've been divorced for about a year and a half, maybe more. I can't even remember now, but uh, I'm the only adult in my house. And so it's just me and the kids and I've already got low standards. And so there's nobody else it's only when like my parents visit or if I have a friend come over that I'm like, oh, better make this place look good, you know, oh, but yep. <laughs> um, I can't remember if I said this on the last episode or not, but I know I told you guys that I'm going to be getting a roommate pretty soon. And so oh, I'm yeah. really excited to, yeah, a friend of mine is moving in. And so I'm really excited to have another adult in the house that can help me with kind of just the, the main living areas of the house and keeping those a little a little cleaner so we've already had a few conversations about you know what that looks like and expectations and boundaries and whatnot and so but I I think just having another adult in the house will be enough to kind of get my executive function kicked into drive a little bit more you know I'll, I'll be thinking like I should clean that up because you know my roommate might not like that mess you know even if I'm fine with it right just a so I think that'll be good for me. External motivation, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, because you know I've got the inattentive ADHD, and so mm-hmm. uh, my brain is not reminding me of all these tasks I need to do. I'm the person that I need the list on the wall of you know remember to clean the litter box, you know uh, remember to yeah. <laughs> everything. So yeah, hopefully that will help yeah. me. Totally. All right. I mean, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. What were you going to (laughs) say? I was going to say, so to wrap this uh, in a nice pretty bow, why don't we each give our three best help points on how to function with ADHD and try to keep some organization in your house? Your top three. Top three? So for me, uh, for me, I would say... Try to do the dishes while you're cooking because, you know, Mm -hmm. you're already there in the kitchen and uh, that helps a lot, I think, personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, teach your kids to do some of the tasks 
and be honest with them about your uh, downfalls and let them be a little honest, but still hold, try to hold each other accountable. Like you hold your kids accountable. They hold you accountable. And uh, number three would be if you are a person that functions with lists, make lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say really my, my number one thing is just to remember that cleaning tasks are morally neutral. You know, like I said, like you're not a bad person if you're messy. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, the term lazy, like, I feel like a lot oh. of the time, it's not that people are lazy. There's an, there's a problem. Like there's a reason yeah. why they haven't cleaned. It's not just because they're yeah. lazy. You know, there's yeah, a barrier. It's not a, that's, it's not a good term to use for people. Yeah. Yeah. People so lazy. it's just a judgment. Yeah. So yeah. just remind yourself, you know, you're a good person and you deserve to have a clean space. Like that's, that's my number two is like, you're not cleaning to prove that you're good enough. You're cleaning because you deserve a good space to live in. You know, you're worthy of that. And then three is, um, like I said, just go for adaptive imperfection. You know, like your house might not look like your neurotypical friend's house that has everything organized, you know, or your friend that's borderline OCD and has everything organized, you know, it might not look like that. You know, you might have... Yeah, you might have open <laughs> baskets of stuff everywhere, but if that's how you function, that's fine. Just do what works for you. Don't worry about anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. good. So my, those are really good, yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people judge themselves way too harshly, and then that adds to the overwhelm and adds right. to the... yeah, and you it, are fine. Yeah. You're great. Yeah. Reduces their chance of actually doing it, too. But... Yeah. um. my my tips are going to be coming from the perspective of somebody who's got a very opposite household to the way that Annette's works so I have more children than adults in my house Uh, we're a blended family so there's anywhere from you know two to four kids that might be in our house at any one time and some of them are you know older teenagers all the way down to the six-year-old that's the youngest so it's quite an age range Um, but The older ones have autism and the younger ones have ADHD. So there's executive functioning problems all throughout the house. Um, So things that I will typically do to help keep things under control is, you know, no matter what age your child is, except if they can like barely walk, you know, like they're probably capable of taking a basket And finding all the toys that they have left in a certain room and putting it in the basket and taking it to their room. So I will give them short assignments like that are very specific. You have to be very specific with them. So with Madison, my daughter, her biggest um, struggle is taking all the stuffed animals that she has and littering them everywhere over the house. So I will take a laundry basket and I'll say, all right, Madison, you have a bunch of stuffed animals in the living room. Now it's time to put them away. Put all of your stuffed animals in the basket or put them on the landing for the stairs and then pick them up from there and take them to your room as you're capable. So she might put them on the landing or put them in a basket and then either take the whole basket or, you know, take loads from the landing up to her room where they're supposed to go. And I'll be like, all right, now we're going to you know, move on to something else that's not a chore so that she doesn't feel overwhelmed. And all the kids 
can do that, whether it's clothes, toys, or other knickknacks, they can pick up their stuff and take it to their room. Um, another thing that I have the kids do is to simply, like Annette said, pick up your dishes off of the table, take them to the sink, and either put them in the sink or rinse them off depending on how old you are. <laughs> so like with the youngest kids, you might not be able to trust them with soap and water and breakable dishes. So you tell them, just put it on the counter and I'll take care of the rest. I do have to note on that topic <laughs> that my twins still use plastic plates and plastic forks and spoons for that very reason. And so they are yeah. more than capable of washing them and putting them in the dishwasher because they are not breakable. That's good. Yeah. So I will make we that chose, point. We chose Corel dishes for that same reason, because we, with uh, the kids that have autism, they have, you know, fine and gross motor skills issues. So they often drop things or, you know, fumble something. And no matter how old they get, that's just going to be a thing for them. So um, having dishes that, you know, look like they're, grown-up dishes, but maybe they're not all the way grown-up dishes, might be a good solution for some households. Plus, they're lightweight and easy to carry, even for like a toddler. Um, so, but um, then my suggestion number three would be to, like, if you have a, a house that's not functioning and you're struggling and you're overwhelmed, take a look at things that you know you need to be able to do, like shower, or brush your teeth, or cook a meal, or sleep in your bed, and say, can I do those things? And if you can't do any of them, you pick the one that's most urgent, and you start there. Um, so that you, you feel better immediately, and then that kind of reinforces the fact that you've done something good by cleaning, and it will actually help you develop a positive track record of going back and following through on cleaning because you feel good that you did the thing that you needed to do. And that positive reward system can help you keep the, um, keep up that streak. Yeah. And like, even if you can't tackle your whole dirty dishes, you know, the whole load of them, just wash the ones that you need to cook dinner the next day with, you know, or just wash mm -hmm. the bare minimum, you know, right. you don't have to do it all perfect the first time. Exactly. Exactly. So those are great suggestions. And, and I mean, as somebody who's cleaned houses for a living before, everything that Annette and Ellen has said are like completely valid ways to help manage a, a house that needs to be cleaned and keep your executive functioning skills in check. So those all are very good strategies. And if you have the money, get a cleaning robot. Oh yeah, delegate yeah. that shit. Yeah, oh, delegate. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. are get the CEO of your own house. No yep, judgment if you need to hire a cleaner or somebody to come and help you do your laundry or a dog walker or, you know, wherever you need help. But anyway, for everybody who, who's listening, thank you so much for listening and being here again with us. And um, like always... Basel Tov. Basel Tov. Basel Tov. <laughs>